I can share. Yeah, should we do it like a drum roll or something? We'll do a little drum roll for the announcement of where Isabel Ivy is going next. I'm going to the University of Today's guest is one of the best swimmers in the nation. Coming out of high school, she was ranked the number one recruit in the nation. And now as she graduates from UC Berkeley, she's ranked among the all-time leaders in five events at the prestigious Cal Swimming Program. She's a member of two school record relays, a multiple-time All-American and Scholar All-American that has various pool and dual meet records for Cal, as well as an NCAA relay champion, a Pac-12 champion, and a Pac-12 Swimmer of the Year. The resume speaks for itself for why I'd be interested in inviting her as a guest, but what impacted me the most is how she's more than just an amazing swimmer. In this episode, we talk about her mental health journey, the toxic culture around social media today, how she's managed to deal with the media after so much controversy this year, the big decision that will shape her future ahead, and so much more. My guest for today is the great Isabel Ivy. This was recorded on November 17th, 2022. My name is Fernando Andrade, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. Today, I have a very special guest here with me. So excited to retry this, I guess. <laughs> um, after a, a few fails, twice pre, pre now, we're going to make this work. Isabel Ivy, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be doing this again. Yeah. I'm stoked. No, it's going to be super fun. I'm very excited about this one. Um, I mean, I guess I'll be open about it. We've recorded <laughs> once, didn't work out for other reasons, and now... We're back here, so we'll see yeah. how this goes. Cool. Um, for those that may not know you, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm Isabel Ivy. I'm on the women's swim team at Cal, graduating, graduating class of 2022. So I'm graduating this December. I'm from Florida. And, yeah, <laughs> that's a really general introduction, but... A bit general, but we'll obviously get into your story. I mean, you're being humble, but you've won it nearly all at the collegiate level. And I mean, your story is very interesting, which we'll obviously get into today. Um, I was mentioning before we started recording that, like I said, you've won it nearly all Pac-12 Swimmer of the Year, Pac-12 Champion with your team, Pac-12 Champion individually, NCAA Champion on relays, like so many things. But today I want to focus more on the COVID topic of Mm. like, Isabel Ivy more than a swimmer Mm -hmm. and just get to know you and how that's shaped you and we'll go from there so to start would you like to remind me I guess and tell the audience (laughs) um how you got into swimming obviously I remember that your your mom and family were swimmers Mm -hmm. um but how did you get into swimming yeah so yeah both my parents swam um my biological father was an Olympic athlete, and then my mom was on the national team, and she swam at the University of Florida. And so I think it was like, two th- I've, I've heard this story, I don't remember it, but it was 2004 Olympics, Summer Olympics. We were watching it because my mom swam, so we were watching the um, swimming portion. And I remember Natalie Coughlin, who's a huge Cal alum, like massive, she's an icon in the swimming world was swimming and I pointed to the TV and said I want to do that and so mom took me in the backyard and taught me how to swim and I was like three at the time so then I you know did lessons did all that stuff and I was so annoyed because I think at like a certain age they only let you do like x amount of practices a week so I think I was only allowed like three and I was like are you freaking kidding me like I want to do this every day and so it just kind of like 
over time just became this passion of mine and of course I did other sports growing up but swimming just stuck the most it was the most fun for me so have you ever told Natalie that story okay this is so embarrassing I've seen her I've had a couple interactions with her and the first time the first time I ever met her my coach at Terry at uh, Cal was like introduced her to me and I was so just like starstruck she like stuck out her hand and I just like I was frozen I couldn't move and that happened like three times where I just like couldn't I was so starstruck and recently at the aquatic scala actually I went up to her and I was like hi like I'm the biggest fan you're the reason why I swim like all this stuff so that was really cool but yeah what did she say to that like the reason that you swim yeah, she was just obviously like I think it was a little touching for her and to I mean I think there's so many girls who feel that way about Natalie so I think for me to say that it meant a lot to me but I'm sure she appreciated it and she's played such a huge role like she would come in and like talk to the team and come to our meets and stuff and cheer us on so her being in the Bay Area was just amazing to have her so close and to learn from her was something I never thought I would get that opportunity so. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. (laughs) Um, You mentioned that you played other sports. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a moment that you had to decide between two sports? Yes. So it was volleyball and swimming. And it was the the practices started overlapping. And mom was like, I'm not going to drive you, like rush you to swim practice as soon as volleyball ends across town, like all this stuff. So and then my swim coaches were like, if you want to take it seriously, you got to pick one. And so I ended up picking swimming and I'm glad I did. But there are days where I'm like, dang, like our team over the summer would like go up to the beach volleyball courts. And I was like, oh, so fun. Like I kind of miss it. But obviously my life would have been so different if I had picked that sport and I wouldn't have like my friends or some of the opportunities I've been gifted. So yeah. <laughs> Touching on that, like those opportunities, how seriously you were taking swimming and yeah, especially those friends um, from a very early age, it looked like you took it very seriously with, I mean, being on the national team on juniors, um, being surrounded by amazing athletes from that very young age. I mentioned that when I did research for, for you as a guest, there were interviews from where you were like <laughs> barely even becoming a teenager, like yeah. super young with interviews. You were the number one recruit in the nation, according to Swim Swim, coming into college, like so many of these things. Looking back at it now, do you think that was like a good thing, a bad thing? How did that shape you? I think there's different levels of pressure. And I think when I was so young, I guess when I like got really good and when I like made my first like team my USA team like whatever it was after that like I had a really hard year fall so after 2016 2017 I had a really hard year and I think it was just like oh my gosh I have to make a team like I have to perform like all this stuff I think growing up I didn't like when I was 12 some of those interviews I didn't really know anything like I was like oh like even when recruitment right like I didn't even think something would like take me to college like I just didn't understand that part of the sport or really just I didn't think I was good enough to get college offers even when I you know I was making these teams or whatnot like there's just all different levels of everything so I think like looking back I don't think it was a bad thing I think it exposed me to a lot of things um you know media training and like doing stuff like that and So, yeah, it was definitely, like, a whirlwind, like, looking back on 
Like, yeah, I would take it really freaking seriously when I was, like, 12. Like, or even, I think 14 was when I was, like, okay, like, I got this. And we would have 5 a.m. practice, and I would get there at 4. And I would try to beat, we had an assistant coach. He's my club coach now. His name's Alex. And I would beat him. I would try to beat him to the pool. And so I'd be sitting outside the gate, like, open the door. And it would be 4 a.m. And I would just stare down the pool. Like, literally, like, lights would be off. I would literally just be staring at the pool, like, I'm about to crush this practice. And I would just sit there for an hour thinking about how I'm going to crush the practice and then, and, then do, and then do it. But it was just, like, that type of motivation. I was, like, all in when I was 14. Like, that was something clicked. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was just, like, okay, this is, like, what I'm doing. So... Yeah. <laughs> to, to get there at 4 a.m., what time were you getting up? And, like, how were you getting there? Was your mom getting up yeah. before that, too? Yeah, I would I would wake my mom up. I would wake up. I think I, would, I lived fairly close. And, of course, like, that early, it's, like, the lights are, like, the flashing lights. So you don't get stuck at any lights or anything. So I would wake up at, like, 3.40, and we would leave at, like, 3.45, get there at 4, and then make fun of my coach for beating him, and then he would let me in. So... I guess it helps that your mom had a very similar experience yep. as a swimmer because if not, I don't know how no, a parent could do that. No, but she was so thankful when I got my license and I could drive myself because she did not have to wake up anymore. Yeah, no, that, that's crazy. <laughs> what was your sleep like back then? Because I remember last time we talked, you were like very careful, I guess, of mm-hmm. your sleep schedule now. But going back to those times, yeah. how, how was your sleep <laughs> schedule? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it was kind of normal, I guess. Like I would... I averaged like eight hours when I was You'd younger. You get up at three forty a.m. and average eight hours. Yeah. Wow. So I was I was out like I would, but I also think that like I was so like you know I'd get there at four like just getting there and sitting there and and mentally like using all that energy of like I'm about to crush you know what I mean so like I wasn't just physically like I was mentally like I was so exhausted all the time so I would just like. You know, we'd have morning practice, go to school for eight and nine hours, whatever it was, and then have another three-hour practice that night, get home at seven, eat, do whatever homework I could, and then I would just clock out. Like, I would just, like, pass out when I when I was done. So, yeah, eight hours. But also, like, there were some nights in high school where I was just, like, all-nighter. Like, okay. But I also wow. feel like when I was younger, I didn't – it was like, I don't know. Like, if, if I were to do that now, there's, I wouldn't survive. But I think when you're young like that, you're kind of like, oh, all-nighter, whatever. Like, it's cool. Like, so, yeah. I don't think it took as much of a toll on me at that age as it would now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that now. But I remember, I think I told you last time, my senior year mm-hmm. of high school, I was getting up same time as well, like 3.30 a.m., to get to the gym at five, which was a bit of a commute, and then go to school, mm-hmm. and then individual individual training after school. <laughs> then I would nap, and then I would go to club practice. But I wouldn't get back until like ten, and oh, I was wow. going off of like three four hours of sleep every night. For some reason, I was super hyped to do it, but eventually yeah. <laughs> it catches up. It caught up. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a huge commitment. Like I feel like as soon as that flip or switch flips, whatever, like, and you're all in. Like, it's like, what is sleep? Like, it's like, okay, like, if it comes, it comes. If not, like, at least I'm performing well or, like, you know, something like that. So Yeah. Well, that's a a very intense thing to do at such a young (laughs) age, but I can somewhat relate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but that that's cool that in in a way the seriousness shaped you to who you are today you know like i can look back at myself and be like well in some moments maybe i took it way too seriously and mm-hmm. i could have chilled out but i don't know how you feel about this maybe like the way i feel is if i didn't take it as seriously even if it wasn't as important if i didn't take it that seriously i wouldn't be who i am today like those things it wasn't really like the result like the actual result of the competition or whatever but rather how it shaped me and formed me into who i am today i guess like Mm -hmm. i don't know if you could get there without that seriousness if that makes sense i think for me it's almost like if i didn't take it that seriously i didn't want it enough so it's like if i if i didn't want it then why am i doing it so i took it so seriously because i i did want it but i i think there looking back there are days where i'm like dang wish i'd gone to that birthday party or like that sleepover like whatever it was and it's like okay but like what was more important at the time like it was like okay this is high school like probably not going to talk to these people in like 10 years or whatever so it's like but swimming or whatever academics like all these different things like the last forever I mean okay you don't swim forever but like the opportunities you'll get like going to college like stuff like that like those come every now and then but I think it was just like what was more important and finding that balance but also realizing like no I really want this so I'm gonna go for it type of mentality which yeah definitely I think shaped me a lot like especially like coming here like it was just like a huge adjustment and yeah (laughs) yeah our new head coach says that winning is habitual and Mm -hmm. I get it because like the way you do anything is the way you do everything type of thing. And I feel like that's what you're you're saying. And, I mean, talking about, like, what you said, that you can have it forever or those opportunities and memories and how you're shaped forever and mostly, like, the long-term success instead of the temporary pleasure. Mm-hmm. How did you start prioritizing those things? Or was it just literally the swimming lane and that was it? Did you ever consider it or did it just happen? Yeah, I've never really considered it. I think it was more just like in in March, my mom gave me this example of like um, you're juggling balls and some of them are rubber where if you drop them, they'll come back up. And if some of them are glass, if you drop them, they break. And so I I had a really hard time in March um, this past year and some of the things I was juggling were glass and I couldn't. I couldn't keep up with them and so I think it all goes back to that balance but I really prioritize like my fam, my family's everything and of course then there's the people who I love and I surround myself with um and that you know swimming comes with that but sometimes like uh, things take over of course oh and academics hello we're at Cal so academics and then but you know sometimes there's just like things take priority at different times and you want you know to I think it's selfish sometimes to be like I can't call home tonight because I'm exhausted and I have early practice like whatever it is but it's like that's what's important at this moment in time and I can call them in the morning or something like that so it it never really occurred to me on like really prioritizing things I just think it comes naturally on like what is going on in my life at the time. Hopefully that made sense. It made complete sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, it's important and it's like it shows how you've gone into where you are today, you mm-hmm. know, because if you don't have that focus and that prioritization, it's like, all right, then I will go to this birthday party. I will go to the sleepover. <laughs> and then you start yeah. not concentrating enough. And it's 
it, yeah, it's it's all over the place. But that's that's interesting to hear. The <laughs> example you gave about the rubber ball is yeah. awesome. Oh, thanks. That's and my mom. Shout out, mom. <laughs> shout out, yeah. Shout out to to your mom. Um, knowing that she was a national team swimmer as well, like, how has her mentorship in a way guided you throughout the years? Yeah, we've definitely, we had to make some ground rules when I started taking swimming very seriously where, like, we only talk about it if I bring it up because I was like, I want you to be my mom, not my coach. So um, we definitely had those rules, but I definitely love that I can go to her for advice for literally anything. Like, if it's swimming, school, relationships, like, all things above, like, she's always there, and, of course, she's gone through you know she swam in college she was on the national team like you said like all these things so being able to work things out or talk about like okay here's my goal and is this realistic or not and have that honest conversation with her and um but always knowing that like the sun will if I don't get my goals right the sun will still shine my parents will still love me like whatever like swimming's just swimming but um yeah she's always she's been great she's my mom I love my mom but yeah (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome that that it worked that way and I mean I can't relate to the coach and parent part but I'm assuming (laughs) it's it's quite difficult so that's good that you set those rules I'll say (laughs) going into your your career at Cal Mm -hmm. um how and why did you choose Cal you were the number one recruit in the nation so I'm sure you had plenty of options why why Cal yeah it was definitely um an experience like no other the recruiting process like I being the number one recruit I could literally like kind of pick anywhere like it was the offer was the same no matter where I went so that wasn't really the like priority I guess I guess so I took a trip out here my year my when I started being recruited I think was like 2017 or something like that and that was the year, for some reason, swimming recruitment started so young. Like, that was, like, people were... I think the rule used to be, like, you get five trips your senior year, and everyone was taking unofficial trips their junior year. So that was the year where, like, I was, like, the last person in Florida to commit, and I committed in January of 2017. Wow. So I was, like, not behind, I guess, but just, like, I didn't really get, like, the early... like everyone kind of felt rushed for some reason and so anyways I took an unofficial trip to Cal and I just absolutely loved the campus like I the can like one thing mom said to me was like if god forbid you can't swim would you still be happy if you're at the school for four more years or three whatever it would be and so the campus was great it's very different than what I'm used to but I also think that you know I fell in love with Terry like she's an amazing coach um and she really instilled a lot of confidence in me, which made me confident in making the decision to come here. And then also, being from Florida, I really just kind of wanted to be on my own, kind of find myself and be uncomfortable. And I felt like Cal is kind of like the perfect place to do that. Like my family's literally across the country. I am in this new place, new environment, and it was just kind of like, how do I adapt to this? I didn't want to be so close to home where I could, like, I don't know, just, like, drive, do my laundry. Like, I wanted to be able to kind of, like, learn all these things on my own. And I think Cal's so unique because 
it's so close to a big city like SF that like you do have a lot of exposure to like the real world. You're not just like stuck in this campus. So I don't know. Basically, I just fell in love with the campus. And then also the team was just so welcoming and amazing. And then, you know, given I came early, like they made that transition so much easier for me because I just met them and like had gotten to know them. So yeah. <laughs> you mentioned being uncomfortable and putting mm-hmm. yourself in those uncomfortable situations on purpose. Yeah. Do you continue to do that today or what was that experience like for you in terms of growth? Yeah, I, well, for growth and like that, I think that's so important to kind of just like put yourself in a new environment and try your best to adapt. Um, can you, sorry, what did you ask originally? You're sorry. Good. Uh, just like putting yourself in uncomfortable intentionally. situations intentionally, yeah, yeah for in terms um, of growth. I think, well, today, like if I still do that today, I don't think I do it as much. I mean, I try to. I definitely, I have really bad social anxiety, so I'll like try, like go up and talk to people and like try to make conversation. And that's uncomfortable for me. So doing that every now and then is like important. And obviously that plays into growth. That's like a life skill you need to have. Um, but I don't think I do it as much, but I also feel like I've been here for four years. So I've been able to really adapt and grow into this environment. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do think just being uncomfortable is okay. Like, I remember, like, when I was younger and being like, oh, this is really scary. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to be here, whatever the situation was. And then, you know, kind of having FOMO after. Like, oh, why did I leave? Or, or whatever it was. And so then, like, being here and being able to grow with the team and, I don't know, I guess, like, the campus as a whole. Like, it's just been really special. And obviously, I feel like I'm prepared to, like, take on whatever. Like, I can walk into a room and give a speech, which I never would have done before coming to Cal. But, you know, when you have to talk in front of a class or whatever, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of life skills you kind of learn when you are uncomfortable and you have to, like, overcome that. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I completely <laughs> get that. And I, I can agree with that. Like, the not the FOMO necessarily for me, but, like, mm-hmm. the feeling of regret of not doing something instead of, like, well, if I messed up, I messed up, and mm-hmm. that's that. With the social anxiety... <laughs> Does this cause any social anxiety no, for okay. you? So it's it's more like one-on-one conversations are okay. And also, like, I don't know you that well. So I'm like, okay, I don't know how you're going to judge me. But sometimes if I know people really well and I, I know how they're going to react to something, I'm like, do I tell them this? Like, I know how you're going to react or something like that. But, like, big crowds or, like, when if there's, like, an event, like, I just, I'll, like, stick with one person, like, a date, my, a, a girl, what, like, my friend, a teammate, like, whatever it is, so I, like, will just rely on, like, my friends or, like, you know, my teammates or whoever it is, so they help a lot, but it's not, I have to, like, know someone. Yeah. I, I don't like walking into a room and not knowing anyone. I'm always just, like, oh, dang it, like, who am I going to talk to? I'm just going to, like, awkwardly stand in this corner and wait for someone to approach me or something like that. But, no, this doesn't cause any anxiety, okay. so that's good. Cool, yeah. cool. It's just, even what you're saying about perceiving, like, sometimes, to me, this is all super normal. Mm. But putting it into context, like, where we are, the lights, the cameras, the monitors, the mics, everything, I, I'm like, well, it could be perceived differently, but I'm glad it doesn't cause no, any yeah, social yeah. anxiety. <laughs> um, with the with joining 
Cal, uh, mm-hmm. you did already mention that you joined early. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? I think you finished high school online, mm-hmm. right? So what was it like finishing early and then coming into being a collegiate swimmer right away? Yeah, so I think it was it was like 2018. I think Terry called me in like August and was like, would you be willing? She was like, yeah, you don't have to answer yes or no right now. But she was like, would you be willing to come and compete in the spring? Because someone had decided to go pro. Um, and I was, she was like, you could even come in like red shirt. Like you wouldn't have to compete. But she was just like, would you be open to it? And I immediately was like, heck yeah. Like I'm ready. And my parents were like, uh, well, like we don't know. Um, but yeah, so I ended up doing like my whole senior year and like three months online. Like I just like cranked through it. And my club coaches really set me up. Like, we were going to all these meets, and I was like, I can't rest, can't taper, I can't shape, like, all this stuff. Like, I need to be, like, in peak shape, ready to go to Cal. Um, So, yeah, I came in January of 2019. Technically, I was supposed to come, like, August of 2019. So, came then, and then I felt like, talk about uncomfortable. Like, that was, like, the, I didn't even have time to feel uncomfortable because the spring semester is so, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, we go on our training trip to Hawaii, then we come back, school starts, then you got meets every weekend, then conference, then NCs, like, all this stuff. So I didn't even have time to, like, sit and be like, oh, this is amazing, or this sucks, like, whatever. I was literally, like, on the go. Like, my roommate, freshman year, like, in the dorm, like, she made a joke, like, last year about how she would always come back and I would just be, like, sleeping. And she was she was always, like, wondering if I was good. And I was just so exhausted, like, all the time. Because it is a big change, right? Like, talk, like we were talking about being uncomfortable earlier, but, like, literally throw... I threw myself into this. Like, there was no holding my hand whatsoever, which I... Looking back, I very much appreciate. But at the time, I was like, this is so crazy, like, all this stuff. But... Yeah, 2019 was really special. It was really amazing. The team had already previously set their goals, like, in the fall. So I kind of came in not obviously kind of knowing what the goals were, but hearing, you know, the seniors ask me to go get coffee and them sitting with me and being like, here's our goals. Like, this is what we're doing. What do you, like, what are you going to swim at NCs and kind of figuring out? And then, like, where would I bring value or where would I score points? And then from practices leading on that way, like, the juniors and seniors being like, you shouldn't be doing this stroke right now. We need your points in this. And, like, having so much accountability from my teammates was really special. And us just chasing, like, the national championship. We got second that year, but we were really close to winning. And it was it was just, like, an experience I'll never forget because being thrown into NCs that year – I had no idea what was going on. Like, I was like, I think it was like my first race was the 200 IM. And I got ninth in the prelim and only top eight make it back. And I remember I was like, I like threw my cap or something. And Terry was like, why are you so upset? And I was like, because I didn't get top eight. Little did I know top 16 score. I didn't even know. And so I was very happy with that afterwards. And then I got ninth in the final. And then, you know, I got top eight in my other events. So that was good. And then, yeah, being on a national championship relay, we set the record at NCs. And it was just like, 
it was an experience I will literally never forget. But man, was those three January to March was so chaotic, like so chaotic. I was just like, okay. But I also like I didn't want to show it. I didn't want to show that it was so hard because I was just like, I, I asked for this. I committed to this. I can put on a brave face and I can perform. Like I, I knew I could do what was being asked of me like I I knew I could but it was just it was really reassuring to have like the girls on the team really believe in me and be like no we need you like we actually need your points so can you do this and I was like yeah like I'm ready put me in like all this stuff so yeah looking back very chaotic but I'm so I'm so thankful for it because I think we talked about this last time but like Katie McLaughlin Amy Bilquist like those were girls who I looked up to growing up and I would have like being able to learn from them even just for those short couple months and then you know Katie ended up staying for the Olympics so she was here but being able to like learn from them and just be on the team with them was so amazing like it was it was like I wouldn't trade that for anything because they're amazing like in every way not just as swimmers just as women they're they're great role models to have so yeah, that's awesome. And we, we talked about this like before we started recording, but mm-hmm. in for Robin's episode, she mentions that that was probably her favorite meet, at least yeah. for NCs, if not the the COVID Pac-12s, but the, the NCs, that was her favorite. And I know how special that was and that relay team, how special it is. Mm-hmm. But to touch on, before we get into that, to touch on uh, how you look up to them as women, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys are obviously amazing swimmers. You're amazing student athletes. But I think something special about your team is how you guys go above and beyond, even in recruiting. Like, there's so much more than just being swimmers and just mm-hmm. being student athletes. Like, what what is that like being surrounded by those women that continuously inspire you and you inspiring them maybe without even knowing so? It's just empowering. Like, I just think being... We're a combined program now, but being a whole woman's team, like, you're surrounded by greatness in every way. And, like, like you talked, I'm sure you talked about with Robin, like, some girls are so academically driven. And it's amazing to have that outlet because I'm like, hey, can you read over my paper for me, please? Like, they would do it without hesitation or hey, girl, I need some advice on life. Okay, let's go get coffee. Like, everyone was just really supportive of each other, and I think Terry really instilled this, like, independence. And so you had that, but then when we were together, we were very much one high-performing unit, which I think was just really cool. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, I know I can, if something were to go wrong, I can text all these different girls and I would get a response back I just think it's that 2019 team was so unbelievably special like it, it was so cool and I I have to agree with Robin on that that was probably my favorite NC2As ever probably all-time favorite meet like it was just so cool seeing like everyone come together with one goal like I've honestly never I I haven't experienced it since and I think it was just like the leadership we had from our seniors and like like, I made a joke one time. We were in, like, a team meeting, and it wasn't, like, the most pleasant team meeting. It was very much like, come on, girls. Like, we got to kind of get your head out of your butt type of type of talk. And I remember I would just, like, look over to, like, Amy or, or Katie or even Abby, Maddie, like, all these girls. And if they didn't react, if they weren't like, oh, my God, or if they were just sitting there, like, taking in what our coach was saying, 
I was like, okay, I don't need to freak out. I was like, if they're not freaking out, I don't need to freak out. Everything's fine. So it's just kind of like having that type of, I don't know. It is a relationship. I don't know how I would describe it, but just like, I don't want to say family because that's so cheesy, but (laughs) in a way, maybe, but just maybe sisterhood is like a better way to say it. But it was just like, it's such a cool experience. Do you think that empowerment can still happen with a, a dual program? I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of, I'm not training really in the combined program right now. Um, I've heard from girls that they love training with the guys because they have so much energy. Like it's insane. Like the testosterone, I'm like, okay, let's calm it down. Um, but yeah, I do think it can come. I think like if the girls, uh, embrace the energy that the guys give and can like reciprocate it, it can be really special. It can be something really cool. And I think, like, oh, my gosh, I take advantage of it so much, like, being able to train with, like, like next to Bjorn or and ask him questions, like, and learn from him. Or even, like, you know, we have, like, Ryan Murphy, who's a pro. Like, he – they're so smart. Like, they're so intelligent with their with the sport. So you can ask them anything, and it's – it's you can always be learning something from them. And, and guys swim so differently than girls. Like, in, in the way their, their movements in the water, like – guys can just like power through it girls we kind of have to finesse it a little more like we don't have that much strength so I think it's it's really cool watching them and and working with them technique wise but I think yeah I think I think something like that could happen I don't know it's 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 definitely tough and it's it's new for everyone so it's definitely going to take some time but I think it could happen for sure yeah no that's awesome that's awesome that you were even saying that and to to talk about that that meet and how that first experience was for you again Robin mentioned that specific mm-hmm. relay and how Abby was injured and you guys still pushed through it do you want to talk about that first championship for you yeah so back in the day so 2019 you used to do relays prelim and final so you'd have to qualify for the finals unpopular opinion we should bring that back because I think that brings a whole new level to the sport and also like talk about like international meets like you have to do that in international meets so why wouldn't we do that at an nc2a's um but so i was not originally supposed to be on that relay robin was i um split faster than she did in the morning so i got to i got the honor of being on the finals relay um that was really nerve-wracking actually but yeah it was it was um I was not expecting us to go that fast. Like, we, when we finished, when Abby finished, which, yeah, she was, she hurt her elbow or something, like, on a finish, so she had to get taped up, and I had to lead off because I was, like, the young freshman, and I couldn't time the relay start great yet, like, the step over, I'd never done that before. My reaction time was really slow, so Tara's like, yeah, you're leading off, and I was like, oh, okay, like just okay like that's a whole that's a lot but okay so I let off and I went a little slower than I did in the prelim but I also was like I was like I want to make this freaking relay so I kind of flew um and then I think I don't even know who was second who was second oh I think it was Amy Amy Boquist and then Katie and then Abby anchored and I think when Abby touched the wall and we looked up at the scoreboard, Katie was just so excited we won. And I was like, we got the American record. I was like, I was like screaming. I was jumping up and down. I was like, no, 
freaking way. And we, we all hugged. And it was, I was like crying. Like, I don't know what came over me, but I just started bawling because I was just, I've never felt anything like that before. Like, forget the record, forget like our splits, like whatever it was. Like, being able to just do that with such an amazing group of girls was like unbelievable. And I just like, even Katie was like, we went to change like out of our text dates and Katie was like, how did it go that fast? I'm like, I don't know. That's <laughs> like something came over y'all because I didn't go that much faster, but y'all flew. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And then I just like, you know, we got our little trophy or whatever. And then like going back to the team, everyone just being like so proud, like that was, yeah, just that like sense that I was referring. I don't know what to call it, but like, it was just like the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, Abby was taped, so it didn't count as an American record, but it did count as like the NC2A record and everything like that. And it was recently broken this past year, but I, that was still something that I'll never forget. It was really cool. So because of the tape, it couldn't be an American record? Yeah, it was, it was some athletic tape that wasn't legal. I mean, not legal or illegal, but it was just, like, there are certain types of tape you can use, and it was, like, one type that she used wasn't, and so it counted. It was some dumb thing, and I was just like, okay, if anything, that was drag, so come on, like, but, you know, it's okay, but yeah, it counts in my, in my books, it counted, okay. Yeah, maybe not the American record for the people, but in our hearts, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's an ama- amazing first experience for mm-hmm. for you, literally coming in first three months. Yeah. Uh, I remember you said last time that, I mean, you already mentioned that your mom gave you the advice of, mm-hmm. if you can't swim, would you still go to school here? Mm-hmm. So that was all with the swimming part. But take me through what it was like, number one public <laughs> university, and not even realizing okay, that until no, you got here. Yeah, this is like the biggest LOL because I, it was my first, okay, first of all, Because I decided to come, like, not last minute, but, like, I didn't, I missed priority enrollment because I wasn't, like, a current student athlete or anything. So I got stuck with, like, these weird classes, and one of them was an MCB class. And if you know, those are so hard, I count. But I was like, okay, like, I'll just take it. It sounds interesting. Cool. So my first ever college lecture, I'm sitting, and the professor starts going on, you know, introducing himself and the class, like, all this stuff. And then he's like... I just think, like, you guys should be so proud at the number one university in the world. And I remember I was, like, writing notes, and I was like, what? And I, like, turned to the girl next to me. I'm like, what did he just say? She was like, number one public university in the world. I was like, that's Cal? I had no, like, literally no idea. And I found out on my first lecture hall ever, and I was just like, okay. And then... (laughs) Like, I'm sure people in my life probably get so annoyed because I'll be like, yeah, I'm at the number one public university in the world. Like, and I'm sure everyone's like, shut up. Like, we know we like people back home or whatever. But I was like, not knowing that and then finding out like, I got this whole new sense of like pride in academics where like, I, I don't know, like I took school, I think everyone takes school as seriously as they can in high school. Like, it's not crazy at least my high school wasn't like crazy hard or anything so I was like I was doing fine kind of like chilling but then I was pretty much like no like I I need to do good because I you know I've never got I've always gotten A's and then coming here it's kind of like oh okay (laughs) your first exam doesn't go how you think it will or whatever and also like kind of bringing it back to athletics like the Cal swim team had the highest GPA for like 
however many semesters in a row when I got here and I was like I am not going to be the one that takes that <laughs> like I was like there is no way I'm going to be the one that like ruins that streak so yeah I definitely took a lot of pride in academics when I got here even though I was not expecting <laughs> to be at the number one university in the world but yeah definitely I mean academics are important to me but definitely when you're like 16 going through the recruiting process I'm not I'm kind of like slipping yeah like I'm not like I'm gonna go to med school like you know what I mean it's like very you kind of grow into that like you kind of you figure out what you want to do by taking classes and networking and like all this stuff so yeah that's such an embarrassing story but yeah that's how I found out well, at least you made it through, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm graduating, thank God. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting because it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of, like, how seriously you took everything and the standards mm-hmm. you set for yourself, like, even now, right? Like, you talked about being uh, in the same pool as people you looked up to right now, even if you're training next to guys like Bjorn, right? Like, Mm -hmm. those standards just keep rising and rising. And it's the same thing for school. Like, if you're going to Cal, you're going to start caring about academics even more, Mm -hmm. trying even harder, because that's what everybody around you is doing. I don't necessarily believe that you are equal to the five people you hang out with or the average of the five people you hang out with. Mm -hmm. But it kind of does make sense. It does play an impact on who you are, I guess. And being inspired by that greatness around you yeah for sure I definitely think too like being an athlete at an institution like this like everything's a competition like especially when it comes to grades like you literally just have to compete with the people around you like for the test you know what I mean like for that for the set the curve like whatever it is like you have to be better than the people next to you and that goes same for athletics like it's the same mindset so yeah, definitely surrounded by a lot of greatness over here in California. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's super interesting how, like, the iron sharpens iron type of thing, mm-hmm. or, like, but I think it's our own personal improvement, even that, right? Like, without a ruler, you can't make a crooked line straight, and it's, like, finding those rulers in your life, per mm-hmm. se, whether it's swimming or academics for the curve or, or yeah. the time in the pool, whatever it is, but I think it's it's one of the most powerful things I've learned from here and I'm, that I'm learning from here, right? Like setting yourself up in that uncomfortable situation yeah. or space, whether you know it or don't know that you're at the number one public, like putting yourself in those situations just to be able to, to grow. Super yeah. powerful. Yeah, I definitely think too, like after, so after NCs, like in 2019, I definitely was like, oh my God, I can breathe. Like I was like, I could, I went home for spring break. Like I could, I could take a deep breath and then, when I came back, I was like, okay, you know, actually, it's okay to ask for help. So, you know, I was like, because that's something, like, I used to think of that as, like, a weakness if I needed to be, like, I need the day off practice or, like, I need someone to help me with this homework or, or study for a test, whatever. Like, I would be really embarrassed to ask for things like that growing up, and I think that comes from maybe it's a sense of pride, maybe it's me trying to be independent, like, whatever it was. I was I really struggled with asking for help and so I think that was something that I really had to learn that first semester even like those first three months I kind of gave myself the grace of not asking because I was so just like trying to figure it out and like do it on my own type of thing and I had that support but actually asking for help one takes a lot of guts it's really hard to ask for help in my opinion and and so doing that like yeah that was a whole nother growth thing like that first 
couple months at being at Cal, like, it's okay. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you, everyone, everyone needs help every now and then. So asking for it, like, there's no, no problem with that. So, yeah. <laughs> In a full circle moment, mm-hmm. if you're looking at a freshman or anybody that's younger than you that's struggling to ask for help, what would you tell them or what advice would you give? I think just what I, like, what I just said, like, it's okay. Like, we've, A, we've all been there where we've needed an extra hand of support or, like, or shoulder to cry on, like, whatever it is, like, it's okay to ask for help, and then also, like, there's so many resources, whether that's, like, you know, the athletic trainer, there's a tutoring service for athletes, like, all this different stuff, like, I would almost, like, recommend asking that, like, on your recruiting trip, like, if I need, if I need this extra support, is it offered at this university, yes or no, like, all those things play such a role in, to your development and growth as a person and as an athlete and as a student, like all these different, you have all these different aspects of your life. And going back to like that juggling metaphor, like you're juggling a lot of things in college, like your mental health, your physical health, you know, athletics, academics, relationships, like you're juggling a lot. And so I think like, it's okay to like kind of sit back and be like, okay, these areas in my life are good. I need help in these ones. What resources do I have that can help me succeed in those? And I'm not talking about, well, maybe you could just like have that one friend that you just can like vent to, which is like good, but actually doing something proactive kind of goes a long way. So yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome that that you even brought that up. And thank you for for sharing that (laughs) from on behalf of everyone. Uh, No worries. Um, Um, Moving forward, it's super interesting because technically we should be in the same mm-hmm. class. Um, obviously, you came in a bit early. Yeah. You complete a year, then COVID hits, like right. when Pac-12s are looking good. Um, but I, like I mentioned last time, like I did listen to that one podcast about like uh, that you did. I believe it was with Swim Swam, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong, um, about like. Isabel Ivy more than a swimmer. Isabel yeah. Ivy the person, right? <laughs> like I remember you said that you had three t-shirts with you to go to the Olympic Training Center and you ended mm-hmm. up staying eight months in Florida and how much you grew thanks to that um, and how you found yourself like expressing yourself, whether that was like obviously with swimming in school, but there was the painting, the journaling, the cooking, the mm-hmm. reading. Is that something you still practice today? Like what did you take away from that? Yeah, I definitely... Yeah, so, well, I guess, a little, so, yeah, like, I, NC's got canceled, and we were all supposed to say, the Olympics were still on, so we were all, like, getting ready to go to the OTC to, like, train or whatever, but I was in such a, like, bad place that Terry was, like, maybe you should just go home for a couple of days, so I was supposed to go home for, like, a weekend, and then fly to the OTC, and all my belongings are in California, like, when I came out here for school, like, all my clothes, everything I brought with me, So, yeah, I packed, like, literally, like, three or four T-shirts and, like, pajamas and went home. And then, you know, the OTC shut down, the Olympics were canceled, like, all this stuff. So, yeah, I was very much stuck home. And I found myself, like, doing things that I normally would not have the time for, being this full-time student athlete. So it was definitely really empowering to do things that I love and kind of, you know, build relationships that with people who I normally don't get to spend a lot of time with or, you know, my family, like, just really enjoying that time with them. Um, Do I still do these things today? I actually noticed in March um, that I had stopped doing a lot of the things that 
I realized brought me joy. And it kind of took a lot in my personal life for me to get to that point um, of just like really struggling in, in March. So I, yeah, so there were a lot of things I did, um, like journaling or painting, like stuff like that, that really did kind of make me feel more human than an athlete. Um, and I think that like, (laughs) one of, one of the breaking points, this is really personal. One of the breaking points that I experienced when I was just like, realized I wasn't okay was, um, it was in between Pac-12s and NCs. And I was with like a group of the girls on the team and they, it was just like a venting session. You know, when you have those with like your teammates and you're just like, man, it's really hard right now. But like, NCs are so close, like, whatever. So I was just, like, in that circle, like, yeah, yeah. And I, I looked to one of the girls, and I was like, you know, I'm actually really struggling, too. I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, like, all this stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm really struggling. And this girl looked at me and goes, well, it doesn't really matter if you're struggling because you're swimming well. And I remember just being like, huh. Well, no, because I'm not just these points that I score at a meet. I'm... A person I'm human who has emotions um so yeah I definitely I actually took five months off out of the pool um to focus on my mental health and well-being and I found myself going back to those things I did during the pandemic so I actually like was really focusing on myself and was journaling like doing all these things um having a lot of really hard conversations and found myself missing the pool so that was when I decided to go back was when I was like okay I'm ready like I'm I feel better about like everything that happened and stuff that's still going on but I'm handling it in a healthy way I'm coping in a healthy way so yeah it definitely was like a turn of events sorry that kind of got a little like dark but but yeah I definitely like I had to be reminded of like these things that, yeah, I did discover about myself. And although I put those things on pause, this is what happened when I did. And so we went back to this to kind of like, you know, grow <laughs> in a better way. That, that's not bad at all. I honestly really appreciate it and appreciate your, your confidence with this story as well. Because just yesterday I was recording with Elise Beyond. She is a gymnast here. Yeah. Her episode's going to come out after this due to reasons that we'll talk about (laughs) at the end um but we were literally talking about that like handling Mm -hmm. hard better her mental health journey she's a huge mental health advocate here at cal like she's worked on a lot of projects both i mean here in the pac-12 and nationally at this point Mm -hmm. for mental health within student athletes and it's been a trend Uh, yeah no the things she's doing as well as with jam she and uh he's the kicker on the football Mm -hmm. team or the puncher my bad my bad jam (laughs) um and they've worked so hard they're two of the my closest friends here and everything they've done and we were just talking about it yesterday and i'm starting mental health projects as well like within the podcast outside of it so i appreciate you bringing that (laughs) that up and like finding that um I definitely went through my own things Mm -hmm. mental health wise as well, especially during the pandemic. It was mostly just an an identity crisis for me and anxiety. But in the same way as you, I found myself doing things that I don't usually have the time for. Mm -hmm. You took this five, five month break to be able to do that. Do you think there's a way to find 
balance and being oh, able to do it 100%. as an athlete? Yeah, 100%. I think I just got to, the, like, an ultimate breaking point. Like, I, I had so many things out of nowhere just, like, really take my full, like, attention. Like, it was, it was just crazy for a lack of a better word like it was it was chaotic um but I didn't it was like kind of like freshman year almost like I didn't have time to process it because it all happened in between Pac-12s and NCs which is two weeks and you win that time you're like oh my god like I'm getting ready for NCs like you can't really focus on anything else so after NCs I went home for like a week and I just like didn't leave my bed and that's okay like that's what I needed to do um but yeah, there's definitely a way to have a healthy balance. I think I kind of waited too long to do that. So I just like broke, literally. And then that resulted in a five-month break. I think like Terry used to tell us like, fill your well. And so we would like, we wouldn't swim on Wednesday so that we could do something productive for ourselves, whether that was like literally school or you could go do something fun. Like a lot of girls would like go to a farmer's market or picnic or or go to the city for lunch, like, stuff like that. So it's, like, I think giving yourself the grace of, like, it's okay to take a day or two or five months for yourself. Like, it's it's totally okay. I think a lot of people, like, I definitely got scared at one point where I was, like, oh, my gosh, I've been out of the water for so long. Like, it takes – there's some phrase of, like, every day you're out of the water, it takes, like, three to get back, like, something like that. So I was, like, oh, F everything. Like, I'm going to be so out of shape, like – and then, and then I remember having a conversation with mom and she was just like, well, maybe you just need it or maybe you're done swimming and that's okay. And I was like, yeah. And so, you know, then like two more months go by and I'm still like, I'm getting like happier, feeling like myself again. And then it's like, you know, I missed the water. Okay. Let's go back in the water. Like it's, it's, I, I think it takes like missing something to want to go back to it instead of feeling like you have to go to practice every day or you have to do this or you have to perform academically or athletically, like, all this stuff. So there definitely is that balance, and I think, like, Terry had a really good philosophy with, like, giving us that Wednesday, but even, like, weekends. Like, some people, some college people go out on the weekends and hit the bars and stuff, and I'm just like, I'm going to watch a movie or I'm going to read a book or Alicia and I will make dinner at her house, like whatever it is, like we'll just kind of chill. And that's like my personal preference, but people fill their wells in different ways and that's okay too. But yeah, I definitely think it can be a more frequent thing. It doesn't need to be like this dramatic. Like my experience is so different than like what people probably experience on the regular. So it's just like, yeah, take a break every now and then it's okay. Like the world's not going to end. Yeah, I mean, and filling your well, mm-hmm. I think, is seasonal, however mm-hmm. long the season can be. Like, for me, that's sometimes what you're describing, 100% my season. Yeah. Sometimes it is going out, like, and it just depends on where I'm at in certain moments, I guess. And I think everybody does as well. I wouldn't say that's weird. Or I think you'd be surprised by <laughs> knowing how many people enjoy that, watching yeah. that movie, just making that dinner or going out to dinner. Um, even here, like, you, you saw some of my housemates. Mm-hmm. Like, we just sit down and I won't always join them depending on the on the time or how much work I have but they're just watching a movie and just hanging out and it's like so nice it's little things like that I think that make that difference Mm -hmm. um you were mentioning and I was gonna 
obviously asked about this yeah. um, back in March, but now it's and now it makes sense why you <laughs> skipped like team trials for the U.S. national right. team uh, in April and things like that. Um, and you mentioned finding that balance even today. I, I'm not necessarily a religious person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised that way, but I'm not necessarily that way anymore. But I do appreciate the idea of a Sabbath, right? Like just taking a day, whether it's a Wednesday, a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever day it is, to, to find that balance again. But something that caught my attention was when that girl told you mm. um, that you're swimming well, so it's okay. Kind of why I was asking about how seriously you took it from a very young age. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like elite athletes, to a certain extent, believe that their worth is however they're performing in the pool, on the field, on the court, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true, like, being surrounded by elite athletes? Do you think that's a common trend that should be broken? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, like, I've definitely experienced that, where it's like, Okay, I can I cuss on this? You can say whatever you okay, want. This is your episode. I was like, if I'm a shit swim, I'm a shit person type of thing. And it's like, whoa, no. Like, it's like, and that's like that teammate that said that to me. That's when I was like, I am so much more than a swimmer. And that's when I like literally like flashed back to like the pandemic. And I realized like all these things I was doing, like friendships, like whatever, whatever it was. Like, it's just like, it's. I feel like we're so in it day to day with our sport and and whatever you know other things you have going on that it's often to f- or it's common to forget like that it's not just who you are like and and I think swimming in particular can be really hard um because it's all year round and also then it's not just all year round but you're constantly being compared to other people because it's very you know it's like I don't even know the word. It's just, like, like um, everything's time-based, I guess, is, like, the easiest way to put it. That, like, if you're out-touched by .01, like, whatever, that's the difference between, like, making a team and not. And so I feel like this past summer, even, like, watching the team trials and everything, like, a lot of people who had made teams before didn't make teams this year. So it was just, like, really interesting kind of then seeing a lot of people did actually take breaks. A lot of elite athletes or the top swimmers in the U.S. took breaks after team trials or even after Worlds um, just to kind of, like, regroup. And I think that that's really important. Um, But, yeah, I think it's very easy, especially when, you know, NIL. I think NIL is a great thing, but when money starts getting involved in any way, even as, like, a pro athlete, I feel like that can add a whole other pressure of, like, you have to look like this perfect person all the time and you have to have your stuff together and you have to win because you're making your living off of your athletic performance. And so I think that's when like performance anxiety, like stuff like that can come into play for sure. Um, Yeah, I guess back to your question. Yes, that I think that needs to be broken. Like this whole thing that like your performance relates or is like who you are because it's, you're so much more than just, like, one race or one soccer game or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes full <laughs> sense. And this is out of genuine mm-hmm. uh, curiosity because, one, I'm not an elite athlete, but, two, the work that I've seen through Elise and Jam and, and all everything they do, 
do you think there is that mental health stigma still going around? Because like I was talking about it yesterday with Elise, you see people like Simone Biles and Mm -hmm. all these humongous names start opening up and talking about it to the point where at least since I'm so comfortable with it, I feel like, Oh no, there's no more stigma. But through your experience, do you think there's still a mental health stigma with elite athletes? I think there's a really great opportunity being presented right now with like everyone talking about it. And I definitely think things are getting better. I do think that a lot of people, in particular college athletes, so not necessarily pro athletes, but college athletes, there is a stigma because I feel like as soon as you open your mouth about it, sometimes it's like, okay, well, she's broken, so she's not going to travel this weekend. Or, you know, you kind of get pulled from things, and which can be the right thing to do sometimes, like definitely like pulling an athlete or something like that. But I, I think people get scared of that type of, not repercussion, but just like stuff like that going on where it's like, do I want to ask for help or is this the right time? Like stuff like that. So it's definitely like, I do think it's being talked about a lot more thanks to people like Simone Biles or even, like, um, there's a swimmer who recently, like, it took a break and is completely off social media and he's no one really knows what he's doing, but all we know is he's okay and he's on a break. And it's, like, stuff like that is opening the, the conversation. So, yeah, I definitely think it's important. Um, and it's not easy to talk about. Like, it's, it's really uncomfortable and a really hard conversation to have, especially, like, because there is... I don't want to say there is a stigma because I like to think more of people. Um, but, yeah, I, I, people definitely feel that type of, like, judgment for speaking out about it. So Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. And maybe there isn't a stigma, but maybe people think there is. Mm-hmm. And, and to a certain extent, I mean, it's it's similar thing. And I get that there may be people speaking out about it. Or I wanted to do a swimming reference, but I didn't think of one. Um, <laughs> but... To your point of social media, yeah. that's something I honestly noticed. Like, the one time I sent you the previous thing that mm-hmm. we recorded, um, and I, like, reached out again, like, hey, like, I don't know if you got the text or not, and you were like, sorry, I've had my phone off or anything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, well, like you mentioned, we're not really that close, and that's <laughs> kind of the theme with the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, me reaching out, and you were like, my phone is off. Or another thing I've noticed, which is super interesting and in that I admire you being able to balance this out is like being a bit under 4,000 followers, but only following 100 people. And I figured yeah. like maybe that's <laughs> something to do with social media and mental health, mm-hmm. which plays a humongous role, honestly. Like, is, is that the reasoning behind it? It's part of it for sure. Like, I think that a social media is so fake half the time that it's I I can't stand it. Also, like during my like my break this summer, I just realized that, like, I was so unhappy whenever I would go on my phone. Like, I would spiral. I would see something that would piss me off or hurt my feelings or, like, literally make me just feel so bad about myself that I was like, okay, see ya. I I don't think I went on Instagram for, like, three months at one point, which was, like, the longest I've ever been off of it. In regards of the, like, following thing, I think I, I was following so many people and I remember I, I think it was like at, when I went back on Instagram after a couple months, I was like, someone popped up and I was like, why do I follow this person? I haven't talked to them in like a couple years. Like, what's the point? And so I, yeah, I only, I think I actually, I followed someone today. So it put me at a hundred. Um, and I realized that it's like, 
I'm only going to follow people, A, who are my family, and B, who are people who I talk to, like, weekly um, or monthly in some cases. Um, like, during, <laughs> when, during my break, like, I had one teammate, Sarah DeMecco, shout out. She texted me, like, every week asking if I was okay or, like, how's home? Did you surf today? Like, stuff like that. And I was like, okay, thanks, Sarah. Love you, girl. Like, I'm going to keep following you. There's some teammates who I don't follow. And that's, it's not personal. It's just, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It's just, like, you're not someone who I talk to daily. You're not someone, like, in my corner, per se, like, something like that. So it's, like, I just want to surround myself. My grandma, my great-grandma, I call her Granny. Her name's Edith. She used to tell me, like, surround yourself with people who embrace your light and don't make you dim it. And so that's kind of what I was doing in the sense of, like, how many people I follow or whatever. Like, I'm only going to surround myself with people who make me feel good about myself and don't compare me to others and embrace my light. And I don't have to, like, be someone I'm not around them. I can be authentically me and that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. I guess that explains, like, the following thing. But, yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. I love that. I really love that. And I think, yeah, like, I have struggled with that before, like, why am I following all these people or these accounts or things like mm-hmm. that? And there's times that, I mean, at least for me, I follow way more people. So it's like, oh, I don't want to go through the entire list. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like something comes up and it's like, oh, I don't need to be following them. And I mean, that's awesome from Sarah. She's an awesome person. Shout yeah, out, Sarah. She's so great. But like even without it being personified, like just having people like that in your corner, in your mm-hmm. life, it's important. And it goes back to what you were saying of the birthday party, the sleepover, Mm -hmm. like it's prioritize what you need. And if social media, that's how it's going to work for you, then that's fine, right? Like if it's the 100 people, that's you and that's fine. Like in in a way, maybe for me, it's not the following, but it's how I treat my social media. It was during the pandemic. um, I told you last time, like when I started this and for me, this is an excuse to meet people that I think are cool, right? Like this is basically (laughs) what I'm doing. Um, But that's all I post about now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why don't you post something else a bit more personal or, or things like that? And it's like, well, do people need to be knowing about this? Probably not. But like, it's also like, do you want people to know that, like, really deep personal stuff? Like, it's like that opens, like, a whole other door to, like, your podcast if you were to do that. Like, it's – and that's, like, putting yourself in a vulnerable position, which, like, a lot of people struggle. That's why, like, when it comes to social media, when I was saying, like, half of it's fake because no one really talks about, like – oh, today I cried for three hours. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm at the beach with my friends. Like, it's stuff like that, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that. that's what changed with my posting. Because mm-hmm. I remember you're in the pandemic. There's yeah. nothing to post about in terms of, oh, I'm hanging out <laughs> with people. I'm doing all these cool yeah. things. Yeah. And I started posting videos, not podcasts, just videos mm-hmm. of what I thought and reflections. And as oh, you can tell, awesome. as you can tell, I like to talk a lot. So that's what <laughs> I was doing to the camera. And I got to the point where I'm like, I don't need to be sharing. And sometimes I do share just for the memories today, but it's 95% of what I post is the podcast. And if you're going to be sharing personal things, I'll share something personal and I'll <laughs> open up, step, step up in the uncomfortable space. But same like with, with the podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. something that happened to me was I used to post with my ex. Mm. Obviously, I said ex, so we broke up at one point. As soon as those posts came down, people that I hadn't talked to in years reaching out, oh, are you guys not together anymore? Mm. Oh, are you guys, like, did you break up? And I'm like, 
why do you care? Yeah. Why are you even asking me? Why are like, dude, I haven't talked to you in years and you're asking me this? Like, why would you care? And then two, how do you know? Obviously, because I posted it on social media and I've talked about this with friends and stuff. It's like, I don't know if I want to be posting these personal things for the whole world to know because Mm -hmm. this is my life. Like you don't, you you don't need to be knowing this. So it's a hard balance, but everybody does it their own way, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely like on the private side where like, I don't love sharing like relationships, like stuff like that. Like I prefer that to be like a one-on-one thing or a group thing, like whatever the case is. So I definitely like, I can relate to that because it's definitely overwhelming when, you get messages like that from people out of the blue, and you're like, I don't even remember. How do I know you? Elementary school? Oh, okay. Like, something really ridiculous like that. So it's definitely, yeah, ridiculous. And I think, like, even when I did, when I unfollowed a lot of people, I I had so many people just get pissed. And I was like, okay, like, you know, like, instead of talking to me, they were talking to each other, which is fine. And I remember, like, I, I talked to the team recently, and I was just like, it wasn't personal. Like, I I like you as a person. Like, are we friends? Like, this is my thing. There is no one in this world that I, like, hate or dislike or anything. It's very simple to me where it's like we are either – we either vibe or we don't. And if we don't vibe, that is A-okay. We have same friends, cool. Like, we're teammates, cool. But we don't have to be best friends all the time, and I think – social media and even just relationships in general have that like really unhealthy relationship where it's like an unfollow means like you are hated (laughs) and it's like no like we're still we can be friends and friendly but I just like I don't care to see some things or I don't talk to you regularly so why would I like try to keep updated with your life like stuff like that like it's it's there there needs to talk about balance there needs to be a balance with that because it's just like this whole thing of like oh my gosh she hates me she unfollows me like no I don't hate anyone I love everyone I love people like that is that is so far from the truth so definitely explaining explaining that oh my god was so hard but and maybe they get it maybe they don't but it's what I needed to do in the moment and I only wanted to like be surrounded by whatever people I think like Maybe two months ago, I think I was literally at, like, 85 people that I was following. I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is, like, some some days nothing had been posted. And I was like, this is great. I don't need everyone posting everything every day. So it's just, like, I don't know. Yeah, balance. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, the theme of this podcast. Balance and growth. That is, like, what a hot take. That's great. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's something I've been... I was not expecting it from this episode at all, but like I said, like yesterday I recorded with Elise. I have a few other people um, that I'm going to be recording with, mm-hmm. um, specifically telling me like I want to be talking about these things, and it's oh, like that's great. awesome. Like if yeah. I, if I can use this mm-hmm. for that, if I could be posting about that, then that's awesome, and hopefully it works. But thank you for sharing that. It was just super interesting because rarely <laughs> do you see it from people, and I saw that, and I'm like. That's pretty cool. Like, it's something that's unique, and I think it's healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, an approach I take, right, yeah. to text messages is, like, my control is over sending a text message, but every time I send a text message, I don't expect a reply, and it's that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Same with the follow. If I'm going to follow someone, like, I remember growing up, 
I would literally see, like, oh, I followed them. If they didn't follow back, I would unfollow. And it's, like, that's so stupid. Or do you remember, like, the, like, comments, like, or comment for a follow back or, like, posts like that or, like, comment for a TPH, like, all those things. Like, that was, like, we were in middle school. Like, we were literal infants when that was a thing. And it's so ridiculous that, like, that is what stuck through social media was, like, this, like, like expectation like you were saying of like following back and it's oh my god i hate social media (laughs) it's so silly rate for rate slide up for an honest opinion it's like dude and i i can't say i didn't do that like at some point i feel like everybody did Mm -hmm. but yeah that's just what shaped me today and Mm. i don't know we we have different (laughs) approaches to it but i'm glad we we talked about it and that happened (laughs) um with where you were at as a swimmer, going back to swimming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're a swimmer, by oh, the yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> go, going back to, to that and your experience this mm-hmm. past year, mm-hmm. um, obviously, like, 2021 was a good year for you in terms of you guys were packed with champions, you were swimmer of the year, things are on a higher note. You mm-hmm. We had that weird experience with COVID, but to tie it all together in terms of swimming this past year, mm-hmm. um, I remember... That, like, I, I watch you guys race all the time. Like, it's something I actually enjoy uh, watching. And it's it's weird because I'm your guys' age, and I go to the same school, and I'm also a student-athlete in the same athletic department, but I'm a fan. Like, I'm genuinely <laughs> a fan. So I was watching, um, and I remember um, you got your PR, and mm. you got third place in the 200 IM, and mm. a great PR in 153.02, mm. right? But... What caught my eye, again, sorry, but going back to the social media, was the caption of, cheers to the memories and friendships made this season. And mm-hmm. you posted with uh, the swimmer, I believe it was Taylor Rook? Yeah, from it? Stanford. Yeah, from Stanford. Mm-hmm. One, from Stanford, but two, she beat you in that event. And it's like... The 200 freestyle. 200 freestyle, yeah, my she, bad. Yeah, she won, I got second. There we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about that one instead. First and second, and you choose to post that picture with that caption. And not that I'm trying to do the social media part, but... Your take on that, right? Like, you were talking about how competitive you are, how Mm -hmm. it's so easy to compare with times, with results, with things like that. What changed there? Um, I guess maybe there was, like, like that post was hiding some things. If that, that, that NCs, I had, I went best times in everything except one race, including relay splits, like, I had my highest place ever. Um, I got bumped out of the A final by Leah Thomas in the 100 free. So she got eighth, I got ninth. Um, So that was really disappointing. Um, But that was like the one event that I struggled with. But that NCs was the, I was not happy like at all. Like I just was like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't like, I was swimming like at the best meet of my life probably. And I just like, couldn't care less. Um, Taylor, the, so the two free, I really wanted to win that. (laughs) And I was really close to winning. Um, but I honestly wouldn't have wanted to lose to anyone else. She's an amazing person. She's, she swims for Stanford. So, okay. Like there's that whole thing, but like she, I don't want to share her story because it's not my story to tell, but she's done a lot of interviews about, like, an eating disorder she had, like, how much she struggled mentally, like, stuff like that. And having her come back and win, like, I just thought was, like, the most amazing thing. Like, 
and she's just so great. She's such a sweet girl. Like, she's just amazing. So I think, like, I was so happy for her that she won, honestly. Like, I was like, this is so cool that, that you were able to, like, struggle so much and then come back and this is just amazing and you know it wasn't her best time or anything but like she still won and and um yeah so I guess like cheers to the friendships or whatever like I definitely learned a lot this past season um in regards to my swimming I was definitely like really confident in myself and I was training the fastest I've ever trained um did make a lot of friendships Taylor being one she's amazing um and then yeah I don't know I was just trying to think of a caption probably and I said that but I like yeah like it there was I was trying to look for something to celebrate if that makes sense because I wasn't thrilled like I wasn't happy I guess I wasn't like I didn't want to celebrate myself so I was like okay what happened this year I had a lot of good memories I had a lot of shit memories too but I had a lot of really good memories and I'm made a lot of friendships I lost a lot of friendships too so I was just like maybe I should just focus on the good and that I guess that's what that caption was um but yeah I mean it was definitely like a roller I mean you can look at the results like of of like our team and stuff like it was definitely a roller coaster of a meet for everyone and we didn't perform as a team as we would have liked I personally was really happy with my performance I guess looking back in the moment, I didn't want to be there, but in the moment I was like really, or looking back, I was, I'm happy with how I swam and how I fought and how much effort I gave. Um, But yeah, it was definitely not the most fun meet, especially like if you compare to like 2019, right? Like, and that's something I need to be better at of like not comparing stuff like that or, you know, just not comparing at all. but yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster for me. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, my my point was never to to attack the caption or oh, the social no, media yeah. part at all. No, you're but rather good. like what it represents, right? Yeah. I was talking about this with again with Elise yesterday. Um, I'm probably gonna mispronounce the words, but there are two German words. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Schadenfreude, which is like taking joy in somebody else's misery or failure or things like that. But then there's the antonym to that, which I think is fascinating, which is Freudenfreude. Freuden Freude, mm-hmm. uh, which is like being happy for other people's success. Yeah. And in a way, it's like that's what you were re- representing with Taylor, yeah. I guess, right? And I think it's like such a beautiful thing to be able to feel in life, like separate to to the interview yesterday, but Elise was the one that taught me that we ended up competing for a role at a club here, and we were <laughs> ro- both running for the same place uh, or same role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that competition, but when we were presenting, I was like, if you win, like that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Um, I, we're very good friends, and I gave her shit about this yesterday, but <laughs> I ended up beating her. Um, but still, it was like looking, looking back to that moment, like if she would have beaten me, that would have been okay and it's nice that you found that balance my question to you now is in events such as the 2im which i do believe that was the third place yes it was yeah but you pr yeah what's that balance like for you because i get that there's a competition but that's that's your pr like Mm -hmm. how do you how do you find joy in that or do you you mean in like getting a third place and a best time well because you're saying like well i would have wanted to to do better in certain races. Oh, for sure. But you still got a best time, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's like 
Um, I guess, like, in swimming, like, obviously, PRs are huge. Like, they're great. But it's more about placement for points, right, for, like, team scores and stuff. So I guess, like, sometimes I struggle with that where it's, like, you know, too free, for example. Damn, I wish I would have won. I got second, though, and Taylor won, so that's great. Like, it's, like, you kind of – I really had to, like, reframe my mindset because I think what you just said is so important of, like – you don't necessarily, like, I choose to celebrate other people. You don't have to necessarily do that, but it's so much better than, like, being angry at someone or being angry at yourself for, like, not doing better. Like, whatever it is, like, changing your mindset to a, a positive way of, like, I don't know. Hopefully this is making sense. But just, like, like I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't celebrate. Like, it's it's... An NC2A championship. You got... I got my highest place ever, which is second. She won. Like, maybe I'm not thrilled with myself, but, oh, my gosh, she just won. Like, that's amazing. So, it's, like... I don't know. Like, it's... I choose to be happy for others more so than I do myself sometimes, which has its good and bad aspects to it, for sure. Um, But I think, like, yeah, going back to what you said, like, third place PR, it was all right like I guess like going into NC2As I set goals of placement and I wanted to be top three in the 2IM so I was happy with that looking back I was happy in the moment I was pissed looking back I can be proud of that and like of course going to best time especially because I didn't know I usually don't know what I'm swimming um until like after pack 12s probably like when we have to do the entries and stuff so not knowing if I was even going to do the 2IM because I hate training IM <laughs> like I, it is so hard like I refuse to train breaststroke like it's just not my thing so getting third place not training breaststroke like I'll take it like you know what I mean like it was it was good. It was good. I can I can look back and be like, okay, that was a good swim. I'm happy with that. But in the moment, yeah. You definitely have to, like, I think NCs, I don't know about other sports, maybe basketball, but, like, the NC2A season is so long. Like, it's, it's, or even the NC2A meet, I guess, like, I was thinking March Madness, but, like, like, it's a, it's a week. Like, it's a week long. And so I think, like, when you start competing, you're just so exhausted and, like, you touch the wall, you see your time, you see you got third or whatever, and you're just like, okay, like, on to the next, like, type of thing, or like, okay, I gotta get my award, then I gotta warm down, then I have to do the relay, like, it wasn't, and I guess, sorry, I'm really rambling here, you're, it's, it's like, it's your <laughs> podcast, it's your episode, no need to apologize, it's like, as soon as I, as soon as I touched, I was like, okay, cool next thing type of thing it, it there really wasn't a time to like celebrate which I guess like referring back to the post that was like my celebration of like cheers like we did it type of thing um but yeah <laughs> that, that's an interesting subject right there mm-hmm. and I've talked about this very early on in the days of this podcast specifically actually with Alicia with mm-hmm. Cameron Rogers as well this concept of oh, she is so cool Cameron yeah she's so dope she's so cool she's so cool I probably mention her name at some point every time in this podcast <laughs> she, she knows it too like she's been on here way too many times she's one of my best friends here oh awesome yeah she's an awesome person and we talk about this pretty frequently mm-hmm. the done next mentality like all right, I accomplished this, done, mm-hmm. next. And how we share it in a way 
but we've both have have had to learn to find time mm-hmm. to celebrate. Yeah. Have you been able to do that or, or not really? Um, I don't think so in twenty going back, twenty twenty one, there was we uh our relay got DQ'd in in twenty twenty one and then I there was a um on the last day the four by one hundred free relay, which we won in twenty nineteen um, I dove in and we were last when I dove in and then I think I managed to catch us up. I think we got third, but like third by like point oh something. Like I almost caught us up to second. And I remember I didn't forgive myself for so long because I thought it was my fault and that we didn't get second or whatever. And um I think we did like so I think it was Greg Chow came and did a workshop with our team. He's, like, a sports psychologist here at Cal. And um, he had us do, like, an exercise or something, and it was something that, like, from last season we couldn't let go. And I was with I was paired with freshmen, like, two freshmen. And I was talking it out with them, and they are like, but you had the fastest split in the whole NC2A that year. And I was like, yeah, but we didn't get set. Like, we, I couldn't catch up. And they are like, but you did your part. And I kind of had to, like, reframe it. And so it was literally, like, March to August. I finally was like, okay, you know, actually, that was a really, really good beat. I went all best times. You know, I had the fastest split or whatever. Like, all this stuff. This season, I think it it didn't take me as long. But it was definitely, like, um, <laughs> the, last, the last night of NC. So, like, it's a Saturday, I think. Um... You know, the team, the other teams were getting top four teams get their trophy. And, you know, Cal always we always stay and like cheer them on and um, just out of respect for and congratulating them and everything. And um, Terry gave us a talk and I just I just broke down crying. I was exhausted. I like didn't want to be there. I was, I, of course, like I swam well, like I went best times, like you said, and I just didn't, I just didn't want to be there. Like it was, it, I think when it's comes to swimming, it's, it can be an individual sport, but it's such a team sport collegiately that it was like, okay, I did well, but the team didn't. So it's like, I was in like this really weird position of like, well, I did good, but, the, but you know, like, can I celebrate? Like, I felt like I couldn't, <laughs> sorry, be happy for myself because the team wasn't performing well, honestly. So it was just, like, this really awkward thing. And I think when I went home, I was, you know, talking with my mom who swam, like, all this stuff, and my club coaches being so happy for me or, like, whatever it was, like, realizing no I okay I can celebrate it's okay like it's it I did okay so it definitely it didn't take as long as like the year before but definitely like <coughs> sorry you're good um I think after such a high intensity meet like that you need to step away and kind of collect yourself and like let the emotions settle before you can celebrate or be pissed like whatever it is so yeah <laughs> that's I'm talking so much. <laughs> like I said, it's it's your your episode, your podcast. Um, but no, I mean it, it makes sense, and I think I've just had to learn that, mm-hmm. like in my own journey, like sometimes you do need to celebrate because if not, <coughs> um, you 
can't keep going and then you obviously end up reaching burnout and, yeah. and all these things um so yeah it's it's definitely something i've just had to learn and i was as soon as you said that i'm like oh, i need to ask about that <laughs> yeah but no, that was a good question what how, how does it feel like because that, that was the craziest part to me like i've talked about this with other swimmers like reese and how annoying the media can be yeah. and i don't understand it because i'm not an elite athlete like you guys but like you have media coverage Mm-hmm. Right there at the meet with Leo, right? And then you have media coverage with the whole Terry situation. Like, mm-hmm. what's that like? Is the solution just to literally do what you did with your phone and just turn it off? Or, or how does um, that work? I remember even, too, like, yeah. you mentioning um, when articles come out about the transfer portal and things like that. It's like, yeah. turn off the phone. There's many people oh, reaching yeah. out. Like, Yeah, it's terrible. I think, like, everyone wants to know everything all the time. So it's like, even if you turn your phone off, like... Like, Terry, for example, like, she was telling me the other day that, like, she went to, like, a grocery store or something, and there there was a print of her, and it's like, okay, so even if it's just digital, like, paper still exists, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, it's kind of hard to escape it all. Um, media? Oh, God, I don't even know where to begin. I think it's just, like, the worst part is that anyone can say anything, so it's, like, um... I think, like, that 100 free, for example, like, I, there were some comments, like, online, I shouldn't have looked, but I did, and there were some comments of, like, expected more from her, or, like, that wasn't a good swim from her, or something like that, and it's just, like, God, like, if only you knew, like, how exhausted I am, or, like, what unfortunate shit I have going on in my personal life, like, all this stuff, it's just, like, you have no idea, and you also probably have no right to comment on my swimming, like, but, yeah, the media is definitely intense, it's, uh, always there, you can't escape it, and you can try to, like, frame things in a way kind of like how we just did and people can clip it and say whatever they want about it and it's just like okay um this is just the life we live like I don't really know how else to say it it's definitely chaotic regarding the Terry thing it's like the thing that like shocks me the most is how fast it happened like it was like within like two weeks I think there were like 10 articles like literally like back to back to back like just rolling out and it was like oh my god gosh like this is crazy like it's just like yeah like I don't know it's just fast like it's so fast and as soon as word gets out it's on millions of phones or whatever and it's just like out there for the world to see I just don't understand the media like it's so crazy to me like how it's just like crazy yeah yeah it wasn't saying that that even happened and I like when thinking about that and like doing the research doing the notes i was like damn like those two things happened back to back and all of that it's like whoa okay well you want to hear something even crazier so i took my break after nc's right the day i was like oh i'm gonna come back i swam the article came the first harry about article came out after my workout and i was like here we go. I took another two months off. Like, I was like, I can't deal with this on top of, like, all of this other stuff. So I was just like, okay. Um, so that sucked because I was like, okay, you know, then she got removed from deck, like, whatever it was, like, all this stuff happening. And I was just like, what, like, what are the odds of, like, I take a break the first day? Like, at this point, it was, like, three months, maybe close to four that I taken off and like you're kidding me the freaking day I get back the article dropped I was like okay (laughs) what that is so bizarre like 
I don't know. It's just wild. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane that yeah. all of that happened and unfortunate, I guess, but at least you're back. Yeah, I, I am say. back. I am back, yeah. You're back after a, a long break. Mm-hmm. Um, you hadn't swam until the World Cup right yeah. now. Um, and during that time, you did take the decision of the transfer portal. Yes. Can you take me through what that looks like or what that process is oh, about? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was definitely um, chaotic. But uh, the transfer portal was really intense. Once I entered, I definitely, like, I think the whole, the way, like, grad transfers are recruited is way different than, like, an undergrad, for example, because I was told, so I was talking to a couple schools, and one of them was like, well, so, first of all, no schools really reached out to me. Um, which I was kind of bummed about um, because I do think of myself as a good swimmer. But a couple of the coaches who I reached out to actually told me that, like, oh, well, we don't really chase fifth years. And I was like, oh, well, how come? Because I was genuinely curious. I was like, why does no one want me? Um, It's because they automatically, like, assume you know where you're going for a grad degree so it's like they assume you're getting your you know what masters you're looking for and if this school has it you'll reach out so it's definitely very very different than my first experience of being recruited um but yeah I reached out to like three schools and was talking to them and it was a hard decision um like deciding where to go but of course like you get a feeling like I did when I was here and you do what's best for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We can put it off until, until a bit later if you want, oh, unless you want I to talk can, about it right now. I can share. Yeah. Should we do it like a drum roll or something? We'll do a little drum roll for the announcement of where Isabel Ivy is going next. I'm going to the university of Florida. Awesome. Uh, talking awesome. about a full circle moment. Like I, so I, um, that's where, like, my club team was. I grew up swimming in that pool. So it's really exciting to go back. The program is doing so well. Like, the women's side is climbing each year. They're doing great. And, of course, you know, you have, like, literally the best freestylers in the world training there on the men and women's side. So putting myself in the pool with them is just going to be great. And it's really – it was cute because – um so a mom swam there, right? And so they have, like, this national championship wall where you get, like, your headshot up there and mom's up there. And so I'm like, how cool would it be if I could be up there with her and have, like, that full circle moment? And then, like, so the head coach, Anthony Nesty, was my mom's training partner. No way. Yeah, and so there's, like, this historic set of, like, 100 100s fly or something crazy. And everyone always talks. There was, like, a podcast recently or, like, back in March or whatever with, like, these three boys. Bjorn was on it, and then Adam Cheney from Florida. And Adam was talking about it, and he was like, yeah, the Nessie always talks about this, like, set. And there was some girl who did it with him, and that was my mom. So wow. mom would do it with him. And so when I called him and committed, he was like, he, like, he got emotional. He was like, this is so cool. Like, I swam with your mom at the University of Florida, and now I'm coaching you. And I'm like... Yeah, it's just special. Like, I'm really excited, and it will be cool, like, 
my last year of collegiate swimming will be where like my whole family can come like my parents can come my brothers can come my grandparents like everyone's so close it's not across the country like Cal that it will just be like a really cool way to end maybe end my career I mean who knows what's gonna happen but at least end the collegiate side of my career so yeah I'm so excited this is that Freudian Florida moment for me like I'm so so happy for you (laughs) honestly if I had to place a bet on where you were going I would have said Florida for those obvious reasons but I didn't know the context Mm -hmm. with that coach I did actually listen to that episode from uh, Social Kick Mm -hmm. I think that's the name yeah Social Kick so I, I listened to that no clue that's awesome yeah. that that uh yeah that, that so happened cool. and i'm so 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 excited for oh, you thanks. is that uh what grad program is it still the nursing it's, so no? well so i wanted to do that but i came to the really harsh realization that nursing and clinical hours and swimming is going to be really hard so i'm actually doing a master's in business whoa so i'm so excited for that and it's definitely like I was like, hmm, business, maybe. But it's cool because it's a program where it's like you couldn't have your undergrad in business. So I'm not getting thrown into like this hardcore thing. It's like for people who didn't have an undergrad in business. So I'm excited. It'll be really cool. And then like if I want to continue, I think like the one I'm taking is like specifically management, which is like half the MBA program. So then I can always do the other half. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. And I'm genuinely very, very excited Thanks. to see where where that leads and where that happens. And excited to, to watch the live streams, is, yeah. is what I can say. Um, with the sport, mm-hmm. um, you recently went back to competing mm-hmm. after a long time. What was that experience like at the World Cup? Not even results-wise, just yeah. like you enjoying the sport. Was there... Or rekindle uh, mm-hmm. was a love for the sport rekindled. Um, is it still the swimming from wall to wall in just a time, or is there a genuine like happiness coming from it? Yeah, well, I think like the World Cup was a great first meet back because it's short course meters, and I've never done that before. So like collegiate is short course yards, and then the Olympics is like long course meters. So it's the long course pool cut in half. So it's, I've never done it before. It's mainly done internationally. The U.S. doesn't usually compete in short course meters. So I thought it was going to be perfect because I had no expectation going in time-wise, like race strategy-wise, like literally nothing. So I was pretty stoked with how I swam. I finaled twice. Did I win? No, but I made it back. That was more than I was expecting because literally, like, it's all the best athletes in the world were, like, traveling to do it because there's the three stops. So, and Indy was the last one. So, I was very fortunate to get to go. Um, um, Yeah, I was... Yeah, I I was just really excited to race, and I think that, like, it was cool having the no expectation no pressure situation going on because I could just literally race and not have any idea what I was doing out there and it was great sorry (laughs) you're good if you need a break feel free that actually happened to me first time it ever happened to me I was recording with with Bjorn Mm -hmm. and I was like same I started coughing teary-eyed like I cut it out (laughs) and he's like bro are you okay and I'm like yeah well there's like this like um bug going around the team Mm. and I'm getting over it I don't have it but my body doesn't produce um 
the bacteria that fights off pneumococcal bacteria. Okay. So lung infections, I just get them so easily. So I'm, I don't have it anymore. I'm getting over it, but I like, I still get that like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're good. Take it. Take oh, the time you need. I'm good. Okay. Um, well, that's that's awesome with with the World Cup and that you did that and. Yeah. I've, I mean, I assume this is what it is, but I don't know it for a fact. The short course is just like where it's at 25 meters instead of 50, right? Long course is 50? Yeah. Okay. So it's the like the Olympic size pool cut in half. Yeah. Um, and that's what we were doing. So awesome. very different, but very cool. And definitely like it was high pressure for a lot of people because the World Cup is where there's a lot of prize money. Um, but I obviously that wasn't a goal of mine. My goal was to just like get back into like racing mode and see what would happen um and I went with a great group of people from not only Cal but we also had like a lot of pro people like sitting with us and it was so fun it was like a girl's trip it felt like and yeah it was awesome and definitely like like you said rekindled like my love for the sport so it was it was really great yeah that's awesome that's so cool something I completely forgot to ask you last time Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by a lot of great swimmers yeah from what you said previously, I think you're an exceptional <laughs> swimmer, right? Like, you're one of the best, if not the best, currently at Cal. How tough is it being an American citizen in terms <laughs> of swimming internationally? Because not to say anything about anyone else, mm-hmm. but you do have either current, former teammates that are Olympians Mm -hmm. that you may have better times than at certain times but being an American citizen is what limits you from the Olympics so what's that like? Yeah it's definitely interesting and I've had so many conversations with like my international teammates who are like we wish we had it your way but then if you ask any American we're like oh we wish we had it your way because it's for other countries for example a lot of the times it's like a cut it's a time cut the U.S. produces so many elite swimmers that it comes down to placement. So it's definitely tough, and that's where, you know, that comparison often comes into play and not feeling good enough and stuff like that. But it's it all goes down to, like, you know, you did the best you can in that moment, and your time will come, or, like, this is what it is, and if you love the sport, it's okay. So it's definitely, like, finding that balance um, that we talked about earlier and yeah, being an American swimmer is so hard. <laughs> like, it's like the NCs, I feel like I'm really confident short course, long course. It It's a little tougher for me just mentally because there is so much. I feel like there's so much pressure when it comes to making a team and even making a final. Like, it's 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 the sport's only getting faster. It's not yeah. slowing down anytime soon. So I definitely have to make some adjustments. And, of course, like, everyone's constantly trying to improve. So it's. It's just the fun of the sport, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. It's just, yeah, keep going, going, yeah. going nonstop. <laughs> um, what's your motivation at this point? Because you have one collegiate season yeah. left. Is it extrinsic motivation, like something that you could receive, like a prize mm-hmm. or anything like that? Or is it intrinsic as in coming from inside something about you that's just, like, attached to swimming? What keeps you going at this point? That is such a good question. <laughs> Um, I definitely have some goals that I haven't reached yet in, in the collegiate scene in particular. Um, I'll be going into the SEC, which is a totally different conference, so that will be interesting in its own. 
and that also opens like other goals not just individually but team goals probably and yeah of course like NCs I I want to win so we have one more year to try to secure that um I I like to think that it's more like from within though I think like there are definitely some things like looking at my career I haven't really had a normal season I haven't had a fall to spring and that's really important to me I want to have that experience so I yeah I want that but of course like yeah, I love swimming, and I'm. I think this COVID year is a blessing in disguise for a lot of people who want four NC two A's. Not everyone takes four NC two A's. Like I know, like there's been a history in the past of people going pro, or or um, you know, a lot of people chose not to take a COVID year and go pro, or or whatever the case, or be done, or you know, focus on other things and someone like me who hasn't I don't think I've reached my full potential yet and so I haven't achieved these goals I've had set for myself and I think that this last year of eligibility kind of gives me that opportunity to at least try because I don't want to not do it and look back and be like dang what if um I'd rather just go for it so I'm definitely like putting myself in a position, in my opinion, that will set me up in the best way possible with, like, that family support, being surrounded by the some of the best athletes in the sport. And, you know, UF as a whole is just, like, has an outstanding support system in terms of, like, uh, like their athletics are crazy. So it's just, like, I think it's the best situation to happen so I'm, I'm stoked <laughs> that's so awesome and yeah like the, the only thing I mean obviously cheering you on in terms of results and everything and I hope you accomplish it all mm-hmm. but like I think just listening to your whole story the the thing I hope you find is just like that happiness that you were talking about right like every time you start talking about it it's like see you're smiling already <laughs> again like it, it's it's like you, you get so excited about yeah. it and it's so cool to see so something I've learned is that happiness is a means to its own end mm-hmm. like it's the same thing as the podcast right like will I post this eventually yes could it get success yes but the only reason I do it is because I enjoy, like, this moment right yeah. now, like, being here. It's, it, it's that happiness for me, and it's the means to its own end. So I hope you can find that once again, and hopefully that will bring up even better results. Like, working on the personal often leads to improvement professionally in whatever your craft is, but not really the other way around. So hopefully mm-hmm. that helps you out Thanks. moving forward. Yeah. To start closing out, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned NIL once. But yeah. I've seen that you have some experience, at least with Tentry and Finnis recently, which I saw you right before that shoot, which was yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any other experience, but what's that been like so far? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like, I've had a couple opportunities um, with various companies. It's, I don't know, I think it's it's really cool for just athletes get that exposure and like start building connections like that for like professional careers or whatever it is um swimming however I do think it's so different in terms of like if you compare like a swimmer's deal to like a football player or basketball player obviously the money is very different and it so stuff like that is is confusing and it can be challenging to navigate sometimes but I just try to like partner with some brands that have a purpose that I believe in so like 
I did want I have deals with like Ten Tree and Leaf Shave, and they're both very economic or not economically environmentally aware of like their impact on the earth, and they're very like pro. You know, like Ten Tree, obviously they plant ten trees for every item purchased, and then Leaf Shave is. It's a razor, and it's, like, 100% recyclable, like, stuff like that. So it's stuff like that's really important to me, and I I like when I can partner with people who have very similar, like, morals and purposes as I do. So I think it's, like, it's really cool, and also, like, who's going to say no to, like, uh, just, like, I feel like NIL deals are a really nice way for student-athletes to make money legally and, like, stay within the NC2A rules and stuff. So, yeah, it definitely opens a lot of doors. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've had a good experience with this so far. And But in the beginning, I was definitely, like, how do I even, like, I just was DMing all these people on, like, Instagram, like, trying to, like, like you know, like, Lululemon, like, all these people that I would, like, love to work with. And, you know, you're lucky if you get a response or whatever it is. So it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's going to, I think it's really going to change college sports for sure because if you look at um oh my gosh this was so interesting I think her name is like Sienna or she's on TikTok she's an Oregon basketball player ah yes yes, yes. Sedona Sedona yeah so she I remember there was like uh someone did like a uh stats and something like that whatever the term is and she the money she was making because she's viral on TikTok, right? She has hundreds of thousands of followers, like probably maybe in the millions, I don't even know. And on Instagram too, the money she's making through NIL is more than double that WNBA players are making. Like there was something I don't I okay, I don't know if this is true. It was someone on TikTok who did this statistics or whatever. But like see like and people were like, Don't go pro. Like enjoy your college experience and make like she was making half a million off of NIL deals. And I think, like, someone, the guy was, like, oh, the highest-paid WNBA player was, like, 300 grand, like, something like that. And so people were, like, stay in college, don't go pro. And so I just think that's so interesting that it's, like, some people, if you have that following social media, unfortunately, like, that's how you get these deals usually. So, oh, no, it's really interesting. But, Yeah. Yeah. Opens a lot of doors for sure. Opens a lot for sure. I think it's going to have unfortunate impacts on the NCAA as an institution mm-hmm. and on college sports as we know it. With that being said, I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. the athletes at all. For example, an article came out last week, New York Times, Livy Dunn, who's a gymnast oh, at yeah, LSU. LSU yeah. Right? She was criticized for how she makes money, this and that, mm-hmm. which in my opinion, that's bullshit, right? But with that being said, mm-hmm. that money that's being made is only a big deal because they're athletes. Mm -hmm. If they weren't athletes and they were just on TikTok, they'd be making the same amount of money. Like, even to that argument with Sedona, she could go pro and still be a creator and be making those deals, getting those sponsorships instead of... Instead of NIL, it's sponsorship. That's the only difference. Like, I think there's, at least for me, that I post so often on social media, like... You have to separate the athlete from their creator, and are yeah. they are they intertwined? Well, it's the same person, obviously, but you look at people that are dancing on TikTok versus mm-hmm. Livy Dunn that's posting on TikTok, and it's like, it's pretty much the same thing. Is, like, yeah. what, what's the difference there, you know? Yeah, I think the only thing I would, like, counter is, like, maybe, okay, I don't know Livy Dunn personally, obviously, but and I don't know who she's done deals with, per se, or anything like that, but, like, some people will just, like, 
I know athletes who just like will do a contract or whatever just because it's free stuff or like whatever it is and I think someone like me I'm really more into like who I'm really more careful about it like I for me it's not just about like the free stuff it's like okay what's your mission what are you trying to do like what's the company's like mission statement like stuff like that like that's what I I want to make sure that who I'm partnering with aligns with who I am and things I care about not just like do you remember when NIL first broke I think there's some like hydration is it like liquid IV liquid IV like Every everyone I know freaking did a deal with them, and they would just get free. And I was like, I don't want free stuff. Like I want, I want some money. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like I don't just want like, but also like, is that stuff good for you? Like I don't know. Like I don't know anything about liquid IV, but I just remember like everyone was like signing with them, and I was like, okay, like cool, I guess. But yeah, no, I mean I've tried it because of my housemates yeah. that have those deals <laughs> honestly it is pretty good okay, okay. um like yeah it, it does okay. taste really it good it does the job yes okay. it, it honestly okay. does um but i don't know too much into it i've never yeah. done a deal with them or anything but but no you're right i mean i wouldn't i don't know livy dunn personally either mm-hmm. but she's just such a big name at this yeah. point that it's you can tell it's not like oh i'm gonna do this to get free things like yeah. she's yeah, she's sure. making more right. than a living yeah. uh just through that so yeah it's crazy but it's interesting how it varies by sport and by what they're doing and, and things like that even gymnastics right mm-hmm. like i'm a big i'm a big swim fan i'm a big gymnastics <laughs> fan um and that sport it just consi- continues to grow but i think you have to separate the athlete from the creator at that 100%. point with somebody like yeah. sedona with somebody like livy it's like they're separate like some people don't even watch them do their sport and yeah, they just, just see them on tiktok or whatever yeah i think that's really important that goes back to like the whole then like separating the athlete from the person type of thing you know like it's like you have all these different um not personas but like I guess just like versions of yourself like who you are your athletic performance who you're perceived to be online like all these different things so it's yeah that's really interesting yeah NIL who knows I don't know what it's gonna do I I agree with you I think it's not in the best intentions made for the nc2a maybe even one could even make the argument that it's harming professional athletes as well like in terms of like their own deals like who knows but i think it's i think it's a cool opportunity for sure for student athletes to like at least start building those relationships for when they're professional or yeah make a quick buck like some people do you know yeah We'll see. We'll see where it goes yeah. and where it leads. I can't predict <laughs> anything right now, but it's it's cool that you get the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that and that you're making the best out of it through your morals and values. I think that's awesome. So Thanks. congrats yeah. on that. <laughs> A few quick swimming-related yeah. questions that I just... Let's it go. always calls my attention. It's three that just stand out. Okay. Warming down. <laughs> Why is it warming down and not cooling down? Like, it's supposed to be warming up and cooling down. Why is it warm up, warm down? That is, I don't know. I've always been told that. Um, I guess it's because we're already warm. So warm down. So don't you want to cool down if you're warm? But I don't, I don't know. Why is it called that? Now I'm questioning it. Um, maybe because the pool's warm. It can be. Because why, like, okay, I know runners, for example, right, they get like a cool down run. But the pool's warm. Is it though? I thought it was supposed to be cold so that you guys swim faster. Yeah, but sometimes the warm-up, warm-down pools are warmer. Ah. 
Maybe, I don't know. Maybe this that is, could be it. This is like a hot take. Like, why Why is swimming the only sport that does that? Is, is swimming the only sport that calls it warm down? Soccer and every other sport, to oh. my knowledge, says cooling down. But swimmers always say, say, oh, we're going to go down. warm down. So I don't know why swimming does that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know either. That is such a good question. I didn't know other sports called it that. I always say we're going to go cool down. Maybe, maybe cool down. I'll start saying cool down. And we'll see. Maybe I can make the, the change in the swimming community. Maybe you could. Maybe it could be you. But who's right? That's the question. I like, mean, what are you doing with your body? Are you warming down? No, you're cooling down. No. But you don't want to... I don't know. This is so interesting. I'm like, I'm sh- I was not expecting this question. We'll leave it up I'm to the people prepared. in the comments or something. Yeah, they can comment or something down below. Warming down or cooling down? That is so... I don't know. I'll, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. I'll get back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll take a poll tomorrow at practice and be like, "Why do we call it warming down?" Let me know. Yeah, I'll let, let you know. know. That is so interesting. Um, other question. Yeah. What was my? Let me see. What were my other two questions? Shoot. Oh, the <laughs> shaving process. Yeah. For you guys, because okay. it's, I feel like it's different than to the men's shaving. Yeah. Process. Yeah. So. I'm really superstitious with shaving. Like, I didn't, I didn't see your one that you did when you talked about shaving. Like, oh, with Kyle. With Kyle, he I just explained what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's to eliminate drag, but it's not just the hair. It's like the dead skin. The as skin well. follicles, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like everything. That's why you're like super smooth after you shave. So, um, my process. Do you want to know about my process? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm ridiculous, but like. Some people, you know, you have your razor and you do your legs, your arms. Um, girls sometimes will do, like, their backs. Some guys do their chest, obviously, and, and stuff, too. So I, however, um, use one razor per limb. So I use a total of four. And I often will do it, like, <laughs> this is so not eco-friendly of me. Thank God I did a partnership with Leaf Shave, okay? So I don't do this anymore. But I would, I would have like one razor for this arm, one, one, one. And then also, also, not only would I do that, but every morning before I would race, I would do it again. And then, you know, after you race, like we do ice baths to like help with recovery. So then I'll do my ice bath, I'll eat my lunch, whatever, take a nap. I'll do a wake up shower after my nap. But because of the ice bath, I got cold, so, like, my your hair will, like, sprout, so I'll shave again. So I'm, like, really into it. I'll take a flashlight. I'll, like, look, make sure I didn't miss any hairs. Like, I'm really kind of obsessive and superstitious about it. Um, but, yeah, it definitely, like, you feel a huge difference, in my opinion, when you're shaved versus when you're not. Um, it's a really cool feeling because... Yeah, you're just, like, slippery. Like, the water's just running off. And then, of course, like, we have our tech suits, which are water-resistant. So it's just, like, you're floating, and you just, like, fly. It's the coolest feeling ever. Um, But, yeah, shaving is definitely an intensive process. I know, like, I know so many guys who will be like, can you shave my back or, like, whatever it is. Or, like, they, they obviously they have a lot more body hair sometimes so it takes longer but it's definitely a process and a half for everyone that's super interesting with your superstitions too oh yeah are you very superstitious with what you do um when it comes to like my pre-race routine and like stuff like that yeah like I'll wear like 
five or seven jackets like I, I have gloves a hat like I wear Ugg boots like I have like all these things I do and like the way I like put them on and take them off and like uh yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole yeah but it's definitely like I think especially at Cal like it was instilled in me to like control the controllables so I really take that to heart with like I'm gonna control everything I can like in regards to my own self so like you know how many layers I wear how I take my gloves off and on like whatever it is who caps me like talk about superstitions it's always like at NC's for example like so along with shaving and and our suits we have a dome cap which is a little different than like our regular season college caps they're just a lot tighter and smoother so there's no wrinkles in them so there's no drag so it's that's a thing and I'll always have the same person cap me for the whole meet like as soon as you cap me for the first time it's like okay you're my person for the meet so I have a lot of weird superstitions but they work for me so superstition or OCD you think could it be I'm gonna go with superstition okay I feel no I've talked about this I thought I used to have OCD and when I mentioned it once to an athletic trainer they're like you have no idea how many athletes yeah probably have OCD and it's like all right I guess that's it but we'll go with superstition Last one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of curious swimming questions. Okay. Do swimmers pee in the pool? Yes. Oh, my God. I probably pee, like, eight times a workout. It's, like, every time I'm on the wall and, and if I have a second, I'm, I'm peeing in the pool. Like, it's – if you do not pee in the pool, you are lying. You are lying. Everyone pees in the pool. Like, all the guys will joke about it during practice. Like, everyone pees in the pool. And recently, the pool's been so cold that – I'm, I believe everyone's peeing in the pool to try to warm themselves up, especially because it is so freaking cold. But yeah, any chance I get, I'll just like pee on the wall. Like if the coach is explaining the set, like I'm not going to run to the bathroom, miss the whole set and then be confused and lost. Like just pee in the pool. Also, the pool is so chlorinated that anything is like dead within seconds. So germs, whatever, I don't worry about it. That's that. That's your take. Just happens. Like it's. Honestly, if you have to do anything but pee, yeah, get out, get out of the pool. Obviously, please, yeah, yeah, please, yeah. like, okay, but like pee, okay, it's fine, like, it's natural. It is, it yeah. is. <laughs> oh, on a bit more serious note, again, mm-hmm. closing out, um, you go from looking up to the cool aunt your freshman year, um, Abby, and like that. That yeah, I mean, I'm referencing yeah. the interview. To being in their <laughs> position now. Oh yeah. What would you tell that? version of Isabel Ivy freshman year like looking back at everything you experienced you're in for a wild ride kid <laughs> um yeah I mean I think like just on everything we've touched on today already like it's okay to ask for help it's okay to take a break it's okay to prioritize other things sometimes other than swimming um yeah and just like I think I had to learn quite quickly that like a lot of feelings that I feel um, reflect on my confidence. And so I, I really had to work with a lot of people on like instilling confidence in me and self-confidence. And when I first got here, I was definitely not this confident kid. And I, I like to think I have a little more self-confidence and self-esteem today. So it's definitely like 
I just feel everyone grows so much in college, like, in their own ways, especially, but in all aspects of their life, and so I think that, like, I don't know, I'd probably just give me a little hug and be like, you got it, it's okay, (laughs) so. That's awesome, that's awesome (laughs) that you have that, and I remember in one of the podcasts you did, I believe it was with Cal, you had a quote where it says, Cal is a place where everyone genuinely wants you to succeed. Yeah. And that's awesome that you had that experience, even, like, the gala event, which Mm -hmm. I saw people attended, like, for the aquatic ceremony, right, like, being a part of that and being like surrounded by the greats but not only that like belonging to the greats now like you're leading with (laughs) leading in five events you have two school records uh, on relays um you were only the 11th golden bear to be swimmer of the year for the pac-12 like i think that says a lot about your journey and i mean it's i i understand that it's been nothing close to normal Mm -hmm. but you did it anyway so i think it's it's worth that definitely worth applauding and recognizing, but <laughs> it's worth celebrating to your point. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely very proud of what I've overcome and how much I've succeeded academically and athletically and excited for the future for sure and to take what I've learned here and implement it into the next program or, you know, just in my working life one day so yeah awesome very last question (laughs) yes what is your definition of success oh see I knew you asked this too and I I totally should have planned it I think a definition of success is if you can do what you're doing on your day-to-day whether that's you know athletics I'm gonna say athletics for now or even just like Whatever, okay, whatever it is, if you're doing your day-to-day, if you can look at the in the mirror at the end of the day and be proud of who you are and happy with what you did, I think that's the definition of success. If you can be proud of yourself. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, Yay. I do ask that question. <laughs> yes, I will continue to ask it. It's one of my favorite questions that ever. That is such a good question. It's one of my favorites, and everybody has their own way of answering it, and it's awesome to see. So. Great. This entire thing was a blast. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know it was weird with the <laughs> circumstances and everything the first time, so I really appreciate you coming back the second time, and hopefully Perfect. everything works out. Yes. Um, and d- is, did I miss anything? Anything else you want to say? Oh, I don't think so. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, to everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you guys so much. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. That's it. Isabel, thank you so much. Wish you the best of luck moving forward. I'll be cheering you on. Thank you so much. And for for everybody else, that's it for today. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andres. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, Please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.